Evernorth Health Services, we believe costs shouldn't get in the way of life-changing care. And we're doing everything in our power to make it possible. Behavioral health solutions that also keep your projections at their best? It's possible. Pharmacy benefits that benefit your bottom line? It's possible. Complex specialty care that cares about your ROI? It's possible. Because we're already doing it. All while saving businesses billions. That's wonder made possible. Learn more at evernorth.com slash wonder. Right now, though, we're going to have a conversation I think is pretty important. As of today... Um, lawyers in Alberta have escalated their work action for defense lawyer groups. And well, actually, there's some others, too. Uh, they've been raising concerns about the legal aid system in Alberta for some time now. We've had them on the show a few times. As of now, they're out no longer accepting new cases. That represents Albertans, of course, who can't otherwise afford a lawyer. You know how it works. That's just part of what's going on. So let's get the details. We're going to chat with Danielle Boisvert, who is a criminal defense lawyer in Edmonton and the president of the Criminal Trial Lawyers Association. Danielle, thank you for joining us once again. I appreciate your time today. Thanks for having me. Okay, so just bring us up to speed. That's it? Are any legal aid cases being accepted by defense lawyers who don't work directly for legal aid at this point? Uh, not those that are taking part in our recommended job action. Okay, and that's the four groups that we talked about. Is it still those four core groups that are primarily um, taking this action? Primarily. Uh, however, I, I'm, we're encouraged to hear that there are a number of uh, family lawyers that have reached out to us and indicated to us that they are joining us. They don't have their own organization, but they have... Um, indicated their support and their commitment. And then we have non-member criminal lawyers who have also done the same and have expressed the same level of commitment. Okay, so for Albertans who, as we know, can't afford a lawyer and, and need a legal aid option, what will that mean for them starting today? Is is that possible? I mean, there are still the legal aid roster, but what's it going to mean for Albertans who need uh, legal aid? Absolutely. What it's going to mean, unfortunately, is that for people just entering into the court system right now, as of today, whether that be criminal, family, or immigration, um, they will not have lawyers that normally take on their certificates to represent them available to them. Um, how many people, like, is there any way of knowing, if you want to put a number on this, does this mean that, you know, like 50 people a day, a thousand people a day, how many people a day typically are applying for legal aid? Um, I would guess that it's in the 50 to hundreds a day. Um, I know that there's a very busy call center at Legal Aid that deals with the intakes and applications for certificates, um, and they are a very, very busy call center. Um, will this mean that some people are not, don't have access to representation? I mean, I, th- I thought that was sort of the cornerstone of our system. You were, You are entitled to legal representation. Is that now actually a jeopardy? It is to the extent that as lawyers we need to, this is the only way that we have to signify to our provincial government that immediate change is absolutely necessary to continue to have the kind of uh, justice system that Albertans want to see in their province. So just so I, I'm clear and so the audience understands, there's there's groups like yours, which don't yeah. work directly for legal aid. There are a roster of legal aid lawyers. That's what they do. And they're continuing to work. But you guys pick up a tremendous amount of the caseload uh, and you're not correct. Is that how this, the situation we're in right now? Uh, so just one correction. We are the roster lawyers. 
So oh, okay, the okay. lawyers are a large group of about 1,200 lawyers across Alberta that take on the certificates. The staff lawyers that work directly for legal aid are only about, I think it's between two or 300 at most. Gotcha. Um, and they uh, do a lot of administrative work as well as legal work. They're not all frontline lawyers in the courtrooms. Um, so there's the Youth Criminal Defense Office, which is loosely still exists. They now do some adult matters as well. Gotcha. Okay. And um, the situation there is um, been pretty. They they sort of just nose to the grindstone and kept doing the job. But they're also sort of getting more involved with your cause, correct? The actual legal aid staff. Uh, no, I wouldn't say the staff lawyers are getting involved. They they haven't sh- um, started striking with us, if you would, uh, in terms of actually being direct employers. Whereas we are the vendors to the to legal aid. They're the direct employees, excuse me, to legal aid. Um, so they haven't joined us out in our protests. Um, we've certainly seen the support that they've provided us in terms of the overall cause, but they are also, the staff lawyers are the ones that are okay. there to try to fill in the gap, but the gap is becoming too much for a small group of staff lawyers to be able to fill. Right, okay. Uh, so just how we got here, this is the latest escalation, but it started months ago, right? There's been issues uh, surrounding legal aid and you know continuing pressure from lawyers to try and get some resolution, uh, and, and you haven't gotten anywhere, have you? Uh, not yet. Uh, we have uh, some room this or reached some movement this week. Uh, we have set up some meetings with the minister's office for early this week. So we're hopeful to reopen the lines of communication and hopefully they're willing to hear us. We're willing to provide the evidence that Mr. Shandro says he needs um, to show that the need is urgent to increase both the financial eligibility guidelines for Albertans to access our services mm-hmm. and make the system for lawyers one in which Alberta attracts experienced, good quality lawyers to do the work necessary for Legal Aid Alberta. Okay, so those two issues there, if we can just spend a second on them, the, the, the financial eligibility, it's extremely low, isn't it? I mean, there's a lot of Albertans who probably aren't in a position to afford legal representation that can't access legal aid. That's part of the problem here? There's a huge middle gap. As a single person with no dependents, if you make more than $21,000 a year of income, gross, you will not qualify for legal aid services. Um, that is huge. So could you imagine somebody, a student or, or somebody just starting out making twenty-five dollars to $30,000 a year getting charged with a serious offense, and legal aid says, sorry, you make too much money, you can afford a lawyer on yeah. your own. That's just not going to happen. That's not realistic. And, and the other issue, of course, is how much lawyers are getting paid to do this representation, right? Correct. Uh, right now, Alberta lawyers are paid at a rate that is about anywhere, depending on their year of experience, anywhere between 30 to 50 percent less than our counterparts in Ontario and B.C. Um, now, the government response, as they've said from day one, is be patient. This will be part of the budget process in 2023. We're doing a review that's supposed to be done next month. Is, is that not reasonable, um, Danielle? Is it not something, OK, we'll wait for another six or eight months? The difficulty right now is that there's been no commitment. There is simply, we'll look at it, we'll look at it, we need evidence, we'll look at it. Um, in our view, the evidence was provided in a meeting last October. It was provided again early this spring. And what the government authorized was half measures um, of what we were asking for. And what we're asking for is the full measure now. The governance agreement that the NDP put into place in 2018 needs to be Matt, the reviews need to be done, not just a promise, but a commitment. Um, and ultimately, the effect here uh, for anybody involved in the legal system, uh, slowdowns, delays, ultimately, could we see cases being thrown out because of this? 
Ultimately, yes. I mean, when you think back to um, in the early 2000s when Ontario went through this, so many cases ended up being backlogged in the system um, that it, I think the number was somewhere close to 50,000 cases between minor cases and some, some more serious cases ended up being ultimately stayed by the prosecutor because there simply was no way for yeah. all of those cases to get through the system. What's the timeline on that? Is there any way of knowing? Are we a week away from that, a month from that? I mean, what's the situation? Um, it would be a little bit more of a long-term impact, okay. similar to okay. what a COVID-style delay had. It's a bottleneck at the front end that results in long-term delays down the line. So the longer this job action takes place, the longer we have sort of a COVID-like closure of nothing moving forward in the court system, the more delays it will create down the road. Gotcha. Okay. Daniel, thank you so much for your time. I appreciate you joining us today.